This is the Alpha Human Podcast, and I am your host, Lawrence Rosenberg. Back with us today is Errol Dobler. Errol is a former Navy SEAL commander and an FBI agent who spent 13 years hunting and investigating terrorists overseas. And during his time with the FBI, Errol was also a member of the FBI's vaunted New York SWAT team. Now, while at the Bureau, Errol also deployed to Afghanistan with the 75th Ranger Regiment as a special agent and participated in extensive combat operations where he earned the FBI's second highest award for valor, the Shield of Bravery. And Errol is currently the founder of an amazing leadership consultancy. It's called Leader 193, where he works with Fortune 100 companies, professional sports organizations. He works with tech startups and individual executives across a vast array of industries. And Errol is also the author of a phenomenal book, which I've read and I've also gone back to a couple of times now. It's called The Process, Art, and Science of Leadership. Man, Errol, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Lawrence. And, and I'm excited to get into a different topic uh, this time around, but I do have to make a small correction. Yes. I was not a Navy SEAL commander. I was a platoon commander, only a lieutenant in the, uh, in the Navy. Small distinction, but okay. it matters a lot in that, you know, in that arena. I don't want anybody going, oh, Dobler's passing himself off as a commander. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for correcting me. I, I you know, I didn't, um, I didn't understand the nuance but that's interesting. So, so what is the difference? What's a Navy SEAL commander versus a platoon commander? Yeah, so uh, if, it could be two things. So if you say Navy SEAL commander, you could say I was a commander. That was my rank. Okay. I see. Or, or generally that refers to somebody that has command over a whole team or okay. you know, a very large unit. A platoon commander is just that. I was the commander of a 16-man platoon. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's great because, to be fair, a lot of my audience wouldn't understand that nuance. So it's, yeah. you know, so it's great to understand, you know, the finer points of how it works. So let me let me throw this out at you then because a lot of the guys that listen to our show know Jocko Willink. So, so Jocko... Am I right in saying he was the commander of SEAL Team 3 Task Force Bruiser? Was that the same? Was he also a platoon commander? Or was no, well, okay. So, yeah. So, now, I don't know Jocko personally, but I know, you know enough of where he retired. So, he was the task unit commander. Okay. okay. So, meaning when they – a task unit is part of a, a deployable force. Okay. So, he was in charge of a couple of – several platoons – overseas okay? okay that was his task unit so he was overall in charge of that he was the commander of that task unit he wasn't the commander at seal team i think he was at three that's right okay he was also though i believe a commander in the navy i think he retired as a commander so a little confusing right but that's that's where that's the differentiation the is yeah well, th thanks for clearing that up again. You know, these are yep. the, these are the the little things that you know make it very interesting for the uninitiated like us to really <laughs> understand. I mean, you know, uh, this is like second nature to you. 
you know, but to those of us that uh, that are really interested in this kind of thing, it's it's those finer details with, with, which uh, make all the difference. You were assistant platoon commander first right. in SEAL Team Three, and then platoon commander SEAL Team One. I was at SEAL Team Four, assistant platoon commander at SEAL Team Four, platoon commander at SEAL Team One. So each SEAL platoon, yeah, has two officers, right? Two, two people in charge, okay. overall in charge, and then either uh, 12 or 14 enlisted men okay. uh, underneath them, which is broken into typically two squads. So a SEAL platoon is 16 men broken into two squads, and I was overall in charge of that platoon. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, yeah. um, I didn't bring you on the show for the second round <laughs> to delve into your Navy SEAL career, although... <laughs> Although, believe me, I'd love to hear, and our audience would love to hear some of those some of those stories. Um, but what I really wanted to delve into, and I know you want to delve into as well, yeah. is something that is really not often discussed when it comes to leadership development. In fact, mm-hmm. you're probably the only uh, leadership coach or leadership trainer that I've heard of that incorporates what is known as the Wim Hof method into developing the traits and qualities of a great leader. And I, know, I, believe, I, I believe I'm called with what's called the first mover on that. <laughs> I, I think you are. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, just hearing about it in a, in a vacuum, you know, you can't really put two and two together. But after reading your book, I completely understand how this is an incredible puzzle piece in helping someone develop those um, invaluable qualities that you you can't measure in a leader. So mm-hmm. I, I really I'm really looking forward to getting into this. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to have you back on the show, Errol, to really discuss this because you're you're a certified Wim Hof mm-hmm. uh, coach. Is that right? You're certified. Yeah, I'm, I'm a certified Wim Hof instructor. So, and that means something. Look, in the end, it's breathing and cold exposure. Okay. Um, so it's, it's not that difficult, but as we talked about just getting on the show, getting our, our notes together, the science, the science is very deep and very complicated, It is, but they, they want to make sure that, um, Wim Hof has a good brand aside from him being awesome, right? They've developed a lot of coaches. They take it very seriously. The, the certification process is definitely not a rubber stamp. It takes about a year to get certified. And then they're constantly testing you to stay recertified, you know, every year so far. So, and those tests are generally on the science. They want to make sure that you're up to date on the new science, that you can explain the science and really in Wim's mind, help start, you know, help change the world. Let's get people happy, healthy, and strong. Those are his words. So the certification means something, and I'm I'm proud to be part of that organization. I truly am. I got to tell you something. It it means a lot to have a Navy SEAL, and not just a Navy SEAL, but someone that has led Navy SEALs, actually, not only endorse but teach the Wim Hof method. Because you could just be out there, you're teaching what you learned in the Navy SEALs, but then to add what you're doing, I mean, that really validates. Um, because the, the SEALs are known for having to plunge into ice cold water at yeah. night, 
you know, um, breathing techniques are really important. So b- before we yep. get into it, for the for those that don't know, let's let's kind of educate them. Who is Wim Hof? Okay. So Wim Hof is a, for lack of a better term, a Dutch extreme athlete. Now you would describe him as the creator of the Wim Hof method. Okay. He's not look in the circles of health and wellness. He's, he's becoming truly an icon. And, and quite frankly, in the scientific community, because they're the ones who doubted him. Um, and then he proved them wrong on all aspects. So what he's done is he has shown the world essentially, or reminded the world that we have the capacity to withstand viruses in our body without our immune system overreacting and making us sick or killing us, okay, for the one thing. He's reminded us that we have the capacity to heal ourselves when we get sick of the most deadly diseases just through the things that we have inside of us, our breath, nature, and our mind. He's done this through numerous scientific experiments, and he's done it through actions. So what actions has he done it through? To, to, this was when he was getting the attention of the scientific community to say, you, are, you have limited our ability to do things. You have, you have made us lose touch with nature, and our inner strength. So he climbed Mount Everest in a pair of shorts up to the death zone, okay? No oxygen, no warm gear, right? Just his mind and his breath. He stayed, I think he, I think somebody broke the Guinness record, but he stays in a a tub of ice water, right? Ice and water Mm -hmm. for two hours without his core body temperature changing, just through the use of his mind and his breath. Okay, he's run a marathon or I think it was a half marathon above the polar circle, uh, the Arctic Circle, barefooted and in shorts, (laughs) just through using his mind right, and his breath. Ran a marathon in the desert without drinking water. Again, just showing the power of the mind and the breath. And then when the scientists finally said, "Okay, we we believe that you do these things. And he went to convince them I can control my autonomic nervous system, my innate immune system. And in a, in a scientific study, he beat the effects of an endotoxin, which is essentially an inert bacteria. But the body doesn't know it's inert. The, ba- the body creates, uh, treats it as a foreign invader. And right. through his breath work, he was able to stave off the effects of that disease. And that's when the scientists said, now we have to study everything about you and what you do uh, with this breathing technique, because you are, you're changing science right now. That's Wim Hof in a nutshell. Amazing. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a documentary on him uh, called The Iceman that Vice did. So anyone who's interested in learning more about Wim Hof, uh, I implore you to watch the documentary. 100%. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that shows some of the things that you're actually describing that he did. So, okay. So let, I want to, so I want to start into your journey into discovering Wim Hof uh, and, you know, not only using the method yourself, but 
then going so far as to wanting to teach it to others. So uh, let, let's kind of start this off with an article that I read um, and doing some research. And I want to read to you a quote from an article that was written about you uh, in the Sniper Mind blog by David. Oh, okay, Amerland. right. Yeah. Okay. David Amerland. Yeah. Um, yep. So here, here's here. This is from his article. He says, in January, water left in a plastic tub outside takes just a few hours to form a crust of ice an inch thick, and that crust gets thicker each day and will not melt until March. Admittedly, it's not every day that you get to see a man out in winter using a hammer to break that ice with the specific intent to step inside the tub, but that's exactly what Errol Dobler, a former Navy SEAL who coaches corporate executives on leadership skills, is doing. It's, it's early morning, there's snow on the ground, and he's barefoot and dressed in swimming trunks. <laughs> There's concentration on his face, and he hammers at the ice, breaking it into tiny chunks to reveal the sub-zero water underneath. There is a sense of excitement, too. So you're excited. <laughs> so you're out there. You're, ha you're breaking open a hole in the, in the ice tub, uh, and you're excited to get in it. So, okay, let's, let's delve in. First of all, <laughs> why are you plunging yourself into an outdoor ice bath in the dead of winter? When did you start doing this? So first and foremost, a, an acknowledgement to David Amerland, who wrote that article. He is the author of a snipe, The Sniper Mine and many books on SEO. He's a speaker and he also advises companies. So um, if you're, you read the article, that's who David Amerland is. So anybody who's interested yeah. in more, you know, a sniper mine, a phenomenal book. Okay, I digress a little bit. Um, well, okay, why? Right. Well, that's hopefully what we're going to talk about. And you know, my personal journey, and you know, I, I hope it's okay that we talk a lot about my personal journey with it, because it's one thing for me to say, do this and do that, and this is what will happen to you. But the Wim Hof method, aside from how I use it professionally, which is, it, it's it's just a it's a technique that is foolproof from leadership development, the way I employ it. Um, it's done, I can't even describe what it's done for me. Okay, so, so if it's okay, I'll, I'll dive into a lot of personal stories about it. We'll also talk about, you know, the application. Please. Yeah. But so I, I got turned on to the Wim Hof method from a corporate client. I was going to do a, a retreat for one of my clients for their company. I think it was a three-day retreat. And the CEO, Sheldon Walitsky of the Select Group, mm -hmm. called me and said, can you implement the Wim Hof method into the week? You know, and I said, of course I can. What's the Wim Hof method? I, didn't, I had no idea what he's talking about. So he right. gave me the name of a guy, Brandon Powell, who is a renowned Wim Hof instructor. Okay. And he's a jiu-jitsu. He owns a jiu-jitsu studio. That's his primary um, but on his website, before I looked at, you know, I looked him up before I talked to him, he's got a video of him getting into an ice bath. And I was immediately like, what is that? Right. Cause it's just sometimes things speak to you. Right. So, you know, I talked to him, we got the logistics ready for the event. And I said, man, what is this thing? He was great. He spent 
at least an hour on the phone with me, going through all the things that we'll talk about, his personal journey with it, the science, kind of the whole thing behind it, told me who Wim Hof was. When we hung up, I got on the Wim Hof website and I signed up for the 10-week course, which is the first step requirement to get certified. I was in immediately. Okay. Um, so I started it there. Okay. And then I started doing the breathing and the cold showers. And let me tell you, the first time you do the breathing, you know, your things change. Your body gets like, oh, you know, in a good way, right? It's just singing to you. And you go to these very deep places that you've not been before that you didn't realize that you could possibly go. So in any event, I was doing that. And at about five weeks into it, it was time for the event. And then I had a professional bring us through. I, you know, I participated in it. And I went places in my mind in a good way that, again, I didn't even know existed. Um, so that just validated what I had already learned from him, was doing myself, went through it with him. So that was my, that was my introduction to the Wim Hof Method. Now, what I will say is from a personal standpoint, so this is not long after I started my company. Okay. So when you start... When you start a new company, there's a lot of stress, okay, for anybody, you know, there's just a lot of stress. Everything is on you. Not only that, at the time, right, I'm, I'm married and I've got two, two young kids. I've got three now, but back then I only had two. Okay. And I was doing the breathing and the cold and about a week into it, my wife says to me, I'm not sure what this thing you're doing is but you are never allowed to stop. And I said, okay. I said, why? She said, you're different. She goes, look, you still acknowledge the stress of, of our life right now and doing your business, but for some reason, the energy coming off of you is a, is a beautiful energy. It's not the stressful energy that sometimes I'm real good at exerting. Okay. okay? So, Again, if I ever needed any validation besides what was happening to me personally, that was it. When the wife says you're never allowed to stop doing this again, then you don't stop doing it again. And it has it has impact. Um, wow. So that's where it started. Okay. That's where it started. Yeah. Um, you know, where do you go from the you you so yeah, I mean look, I I the cold showers were great. Um I wanted I saw what Wim Hof was doing, right? I watched the videos too as I'm getting in. And I'm like, I need to get, I need to feel like what it's like in that ice bath that David, David Amelin described. I'm going to get one. I'm going to put it outside in the winter. Okay. And that's where I'm going to start. Yeah. And so, and you just use all the, the techniques, everything that, you know, he teaches you and you can get into that ice bath when it's five degrees outside, breaking the ice and stay in there several minutes and be super calm, super relaxed, not shivering, you know, that whole thing. Right. And there's, there's a whole reason why you can do it, but that's, that's my introduction to it. Okay. So after, so, okay. So let's get into this because the leap from the cold shower to the ice bath. Okay. So there's a couple of things. First and foremost, the point of the Wim Hof method is, is, of course, not to prove that you can surmount these, you know, incredible uh, 
un, un, incredibly uncomfortable obstacles. Although I'm sure psychologically that is part of why it might help you in other areas of life, psychologically being able to do such a thing. But it, the point of it is not to be an extreme athlete, right? There's actual oh. physical benefits to all of this. But I, I want to I mention something because I got inspired by you in our last uh, podcast to at least try some of this stuff. So all I did was I said, all right, let me try a cold shower with, and I'll just breathe as you suggested, just doing some, some breathing, not the Wim Hof method. No. And right. first time I did it, 10 seconds, you know, just breathing in, breathing out and only concentrating on the breathing, whatever comes into my mind. Boom. Yep. And I got up to three minutes in yep. a, in, you know, in a cold shower and I was able to do that. Feels good. Right. Yeah. When you're done it, I mean, yeah, it, it actually, yeah, you can do it. It's not, you know, it, it's, it's fine. And, you know, I kind of went through all the things that you talked about, you know, when you're recognizing your emotions and, you know, kind of doing all that yeah. stuff. So I, I put into practice what you were talking about in the book Yep. and it, it, it all worked. Um, and clearly the next step is the ice bath, right? But this is where the breathing technique, the actual Wim Hof breathing technique must come in. Uh, or maybe not, I don't know, because I could have stayed, I could stay in the cold shower longer than three minutes, just doing a normal breathing in, breathing out, right. concentrating on the breath and nothing else. But there's something about the Wim Hof way of breathing that is a game changer. And that's what I, let, let's get into that because Here's, I'll, I'll start it off with a quote from Wim Hof. What he says is, if you oxygenate the body the way we do it, the, the Wim Hof way, yep. then the oxygen gets into the tissue. He said, regular breathing doesn't do that. Right. He says, what happens in the brain stem, the brain says, there's no oxygen anymore. Then it triggers adrenaline to shoot out through the body. Adrenaline is for survival, but this time it is completely controlled. The adrenaline shoots throughout the body and resets it to the best functionality. So my question for you, Errol, is how does the release of adrenaline using the Wim Hof method reduce stress? Okay, because yep. um, a big part of what Hof talks about is that you know his breathing method is a way of reducing stress uh, reducing stress right mm -hmm. so you know given that I, I found it you know just trying to wrap my head when I was doing my research all right what is what is the Wim Hof breathing method actually do when I when I found out that it in that it it causes the uh, the triggering of adrenaline throughout the body, I said to myself, I don't, that, I'm not sure I understand that because yeah. my previous understanding was that adrenaline is released specifically as part of the cascade of blood chemicals and stress hormones mm -hmm. that drive the fight or flight response. Right. So, right. you know, just to me on the outside, it seems like that ramps stress way up in, in the body yeah. and mind, yeah. but, but clearly that's not what's happening. So, uh, you know, yeah. what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So 
couple of things before we get into that. So the first thing you said was about ego. Well, no, you didn't say ego. You said it's not about being extreme, getting into the ice bath. Right. And that is 100% absolutely correct. Anytime I get people who you know start telling me, hey, I stayed in this long and I'm going to push it to this long, I go, you're missing the point. That okay. is not the point. Okay, this is not about ego. And if all you're doing is trying to stay in there to see how long you can do it, let's not work together on this because I have no interest in that. Okay. And that comes straight from Wim Hof, right? No ego. And that's a guy who spent two hours in there and he means it. So that's the first thing. Okay. This is about, this is about everything except ego. If I can just say that, right? The next thing, the breathing, the breathing in the cold. And this is a very important safety thing because if somebody has a even a working knowledge of the Wim Hof breathing technique, we do not do the breathing technique anywhere else other than in a safe place lying on the floor. Okay, okay. lying on the floor or in a in a chair, someplace safe. Because you may kind of fade consciousness a little bit, right? You're getting so deep into your physiology, you may kind of lose yourself. Really? To the point where if you were in an ice bath doing that, you might fall under the ice and now you're going to drown. Wow. Okay. So the breathing technique is so powerful that you only do it as a standalone. Now, as it could pot, as it can prepare you for the ice bath, what it does is as you literally hack your system, and this is you know, hack is such an overused word these days, but as you influence, voluntarily influence your autonomic system, yeah, you're actually dulling the pain receptors in your body. So that prepares you in a large degree to get into the cold. So if you did the Wim Hof breathing for a 20 minute minimum and then got into the cold, you're going to withstand that cold a little better. It's still going to be cold, okay? okay? But you will prepare yourself to a larger degree. Okay, so that's that's the first part of, of what we discussed. And, and the, getting the safety portion out there is extremely important. Okay. Because the power, of the, the power of the breathing is unbelievable. And it is a very specific breathing. Like you said, right? We, it is a, it, when we breathe like yoga breathing, if there's somebody who does yoga out there, right? Okay. That's the way we want to be breathing throughout our life. Gently into the nose, right? Long and gently out, either through the mouth or the nose. That's how we want to go through life. That doesn't saturate the body of oxygen. Okay. The Wim Hof breathing method does, and that's the very specific purpose for it. So it's a very deep, aggressive breathing. Um, when you do that, okay, now I don't know how scientists measure adrenaline, but this is in the studies that you read. They found that when you do the Wim Hof method breathing technique, you release more adrenaline than somebody doing a bungee jump for the first time. Okay, that's powerful, right? So if you've ever bungee jumped or if you've ever jumped out of an airplane or something like that, you, (gasps) right? That's, That's the amount of adrenaline apparently the Wim Hof breathing does according to the science, scientific studies. Now, to your point, how in the world does that relax you? (laughs) <laughs> okay, so again, remember, we've got, we've got several things going on here. Okay. If you have two minutes, okay, and you're looking to try to relax, 
don't do the Wim Hof method breathing. Okay. That's, it's, it's, it's not what it's designed for. Okay. You have two minutes and you need to relax. Take those nice, deep meditative breaths, those yoga breaths, right? Okay. And we could talk about that, what that does for you, but how does it get you? How does the Wim Hof method get you to relax? Okay. So here's what we're doing. Okay. We're doing this heavy breathing. We are releasing adrenaline through the body. Okay. At the end of 30 deep breaths, we exhale, we hold our breath. Okay. Now this starts to regulate um, the CO2. The CO2 begins to build up in your body as you, as you um, hold your breath and the oxygen levels go down. Maybe you hold your breath for, I don't know, a minute, whatever it is. Okay. Then you do another round. Okay. You're breathing again. You do it all over again. You exhale, you hold your breath. Same process, but it's going to take longer for the CO2 to build up and for the oxygen to go away. Okay. okay. And now your heart rate is probably going down. Now you do it again. Okay. At some point, and I don't know where it is, and I will be the first one to tell you there's parts of the science that I can't explain. I just know through reading it and right it, that here's what happens. Okay. Okay. At about the 20 minute mark, as you go through that breathing, adrenaline, filling your body, and then CO2, and then it's taking you longer and longer to get the, the, uh, the need to breathe response because of a buildup of CO2. At some point, the parasympathetic system takes over the sympathetic system, meaning we are voluntarily initially activating our fight or flight, our sympathetic response, because we're pumping our body full of adrenaline. And then over the course of that 20 minutes, we move from fight or flight to rest and digest. Now we have literally, literally hacked our nervous system, that, that part of our autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems, okay, that the autonomic system, we have literally hacked into our body and influenced them on purpose, okay? When you get to that 20 minute mark, your body, if you finish, you're going to get up like this. Whoa, that feels good. Okay. Because okay. you are truly in a rest and digest state. Now, so if you want to start your day out right, nice and calm, not even understanding what's happening physiologically, do that. When I do my, when I do my um, seminars for the breathing and I finally bring everybody out of it, I ask people who feels like they fell asleep. Invariably, half the people raise their hands. Wow. And the answer is no, you didn't. First of all, because I'm constantly yammering the whole time. Okay. Deeply in, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm just constantly yammering. I'm barely giving them the opportunity to get deep in their mind. But the reason I do that is to tell them, well, did you hear me? Well, yeah, I heard you. Well, then how are you sleeping? You weren't sleeping. Give yourself the credit that you got into such a deep meditative state that you're not even used to being awake. You thought you were sleeping. Okay. So that's the first thing. So does that make sense so far? So far? Yeah. Okay. Now, what else is that doing? So you, you'll get, you'll get into a beautifully relaxed state because you moved to a truly rest and digest spot. What else are we doing here? This is where the physiological and health benefits come in, okay? When you 
do what we just described. You're literally exercising your physiology. You're exercising your immune system, which is part of your autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. You're making it work. You're going from one extreme to the next, one extreme to the next. And when you do that, your physiology becomes strong. When your physiology becomes strong, because you're literally exercising it just by breathing, like we described, mm -hmm. when you have a foreign invader to the body, when you have a virus, it doesn't stop the virus from entering your body. You, a virus is a virus. It's going to get you or it's not. Okay. Okay. What the difference is, what is going to happen to you when it enters your body? The fact that we've exercised our immune system means we dampen the inflammation response when the immune system goes to work. So that foreign invader enters our body, that virus enters our body. Our immune system goes to work. Our white blood cells are still charging. They're fighting that off. Okay. What's also happening though is when we say we dampen the inflammation response, it's the inflammation response in the body that gets us sick. Right. It's the inflammation response that causes the fever, that causes the chills, that causes the sweating, that causes yes. all that stuff. That's not, so that's a sign of an overactive immune system. Right. I've been sick since I started doing this because you can feel it sometimes. It's, you're not immune to anything. And some days I don't feel like, you're like, eh, I must be a little sick right now. But here's the difference. It doesn't disrupt my day at all. Okay, maybe I'll get a couple extra hours of sleep that night. But as far as having to be in bed for the day, having to go to the CVS and getting the night quill and the day quill to make it through, over. The wow. day I started this, I haven't done anything like that. I haven't gotten a flu shot since I started this. Now, and I used to be the guy who said, all right, I feel myself getting sick. I'm not even fighting it. I'm going to the CVS. I'm getting all the medication and I'm right. going to bed. See you for a week. <laughs> See you in a week. <laughs> not anymore. Okay. The statistics of people who go to hospitals and die from some virus. Right. And the cause of death is not the virus. It's the overactive immune system. I have to find the study, but the number is scary. Like I think in the 80% time. Wow. Okay. So we're talking about, right. And, and how applicable is this conversation today? We're talking about COVID. That's okay? what I'm, I, while you're talking about it, that's, that's what's going through my mind. Yeah. So look, and I'm not being insensitive we're, we're, when we talk about COVID as a society now, we're putting everything into one conversation. There's several conversations that need to happen separately. First of all, right. people are dying, okay? That's a tragedy no matter what. Right. That's one conversation. This is separate from our, our sympathy for people and families who are dying from this. Separate conversation from some of the hard reality. We don't have... A COVID problem in the United States. We have a health problem. We have okay. an overweight problem. We have a lifestyle problem because what's happening is the way we're living, our immune system is weak. When our immune system is weak, we get things like type 2 diabetes. We get things like cardiovascular diseases. We get things like high blood pressure or low blood pressure. And when we have those comorbidities in our system, 
and something new enters it, like COVID, it will have devastating effects. Okay. If look, I'm not, I'm not looking to get COVID. Okay. But right. I'm pretty sure if I got it, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in my body's ability to manage it as if it was any other virus that entered my body. Okay. Well, this is, you know, this is so interesting because, you know, a couple of things here. First of all, COVID triggers an, an autoimmune response, mm -hmm. which is what, you know, the big problem with people who get COVID, uh, with people that get COVID uh, is the fact that they're having this massive cytokine storm and this, this autoimmune reaction. And so that's why what you're talking about is so interesting because, uh, it, you know, if anyone hearing this is thinking, oh, well, you know, breathing, going into cold baths, you know, controlling your immune system, you know, this is, this is all just very fluffy and it's, yeah. it's all very, right? But as you said, Hoff has been tested scientifically. Yes. So let, let's, you know, and, and by the way, we're not exactly what the scientists said about Wim Hof. Oh, okay, Mr. Yoga Man, you know, whatever it is, you've been <laughs> to the Far East, blah, blah, blah. You can't control your autonomic nervous system. Knock it off because it's autonomic. It happens automatically. Right. And then he proved to them wrong. You can't. Yeah. And so I'll, so here's, here's what happened because, you know, Wim Hof and a group of his students were injected with a toxin, as you mentioned earlier, as part of a controlled scientific experiment to test the immune system of people who had followed Wim Hof's training regimen for 10 days. Yep. And the results were published in like, not just any journal, it was published in the, in the very prestigious uh, PNAS, Proceedings of, Na of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States, which, which, which is a peer-reviewed journal. Yep. And here, here's what it said. It said excessive, this was the abstract, excessive or persistent pro-inflammatory cytokine production plays a central role in autoimmune diseases. Okay, and that's yep. what we've just been talking about, right? It's, yep. it's the overactivity of the immune system, which causes all of this madness because of the inflammation that when you get hit with something, a foreign invader, your body goes into this autoimmune response. Okay. That's it's, right. And it was the autoimmune diseases that they first identified, like you just said, oh, Wim Hof method can alleviate the, the autoimmune diseases. But then they found it's pretty much for everything. And here's why. Okay. Because... When you're in fight or flight, in, let's talk about inflammation for a second. Okay. Okay. Because inflammation is the key here. When you do the breathing technique we just described, the Wim Hof breathing technique, and after 20 minutes, right, you go to, you know, people are like, what are they talking about? Rest and digest, fight or flight. Here's the bottom line. You clear your body of inflammation when you do this. That's what happens when you hack your system in the Wim Hof method. So not only do you get to a different state mentally and emotionally, and are you exercising your immune system to make it stronger, but you clear your body full of inflammation, you start at ground zero. Inflammation, what is inflammation, right? We know that when you eat bad, you get 
Can you hear my dog Nate banging on the door? Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 I can't. All right. <laughs> anyway, so when you don't eat well, it, inflammation enters the body. Okay. Okay. Um, if you so eat well and you'll alleviate the symptoms of inflammation, right? Don't eat McDonald's and you won't get inflamed. We know that um, exercising, moderate exercises, decreases the amount of inflammation in your body. That's good, okay? But here's what also creates inflammation. Stress. When you send your body full of adrenaline, that's stress, and that naturally creates inflammation in your body, okay? Now, when you're running away from the bear, right, to get away, that's good. Inflammation is there to protect you. It's there to do all the things it needs to do, right? It's there to, um, it, 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 it takes all the energy away from your organs and sends it to your, your limbs, right? So okay. you can run away and it keeps you focused here. You're not thinking about greater grand things as you're running away. That's what inflammation does for you to a degree, what the adrenaline does for you to a degree. And the byproduct of that is inflammation. Inflammation has been shown to be the key driver in things like depression. See, I'm so depressed I commit suicide. In autoimmune diseases, like we talked about, it's a buildup of inflammation. Now, cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, type two diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, all stemming from chronic inflammation. So we talked about not eating well, okay? You can kind of alleviate that a little bit by exercising and eating better, but stress, okay? Why do somebody who exercises, eats right, eat right, all of a sudden they, we find out they have cancer or they have some awful disease, they have a cardiovascular disease or they drop dead of a heart attack. Why? Here's why, or here's, my, here's the obvious conclusion to that. I, that. This hasn't been scientifically proven, but the anecdotal data is overwhelming. It might as well be. It's because maybe when that person is running or biking or swimming or exercising, they're doing this. Oh, I got to get the stress out of me. I had a terrible day, right? And the second they're done exercising, they're still thinking about this stressful situation. Here's what we know about the brain. The brain doesn't distinguish between a stressful thought and a stressful um, action. To the brain, it's the same. So if I'm thinking about stress, I'm releasing adrenaline into my body and I'm creating inflammation. And eventually, no matter how much you exercise and no matter how much you eat right, the stress will overtake your body and it'll become chronic. Go back to what we're talking about, breathing. So when we do this breathing technique, we relieve the inflammation in the body, okay? And now we're starting, it doesn't become chronic. And now we don't get depressed. Now we don't get the autoimmune diseases because it's the inflammation that's causing them. Does that, am I making sense or am I just going in a million different directions? No, no, no. It, it makes sense because, so, so here's the, the amazing thing. What they, what they found was that, you know, again, you shouldn't be able to, to control that, right? You, you consciously shouldn't be able to turn on uh, the body's ability to regulate its autonomic nervous system to produce those hacks or those effects. Right. 
but apparently using the Wim Hof method, you can, because in that study, you know, they said that, you know, acute activation of the sympathetic nervous system attenuates the innate immune response. However, both the autonomic nervous system and the innate immune system are regarded as systems that cannot be voluntarily influenced. So that is the position of modern day science and modern day medicine. They say it in the abstract of the study, right? They set everyone up with that. And yep. then they inject Wim Hof and the students with an endotoxin, okay? The, and and, and they, they study what actually takes place in Wim Hof and the students versus a control group who did not use the Wim Hof method. And what are the results? This is the official result. The study demonstrates that the in vivo innate immune response can be voluntarily influenced in a non-pharmacological manner through mm -hmm. voluntary activation of sympathetic nervous system. So he proved- Through your breath. That's it. It's unbelievable. It's now, unbelievable. It's world changing. It's world changing. And here's another thing, because, you know, when I was first looking into, well, how does the Wim, how does the Wim Hof method do it? Like, like what is the breathing doing? And, and when I first saw that it's triggering, triggering an epinephrine response an adrenaline response, I thought to myself, okay, may, you know, you know, and, and in my mind, I'm, I'm, con I'm, con I'm conflating yoga breathing with Wim Hof breathing, yep. stress reduction with, you know, I can't, I can't kind of get over the fact that, well, how does adrenaline help with stress? But in, in studying what the findings were and looking into the science, what it turned out, because one of my big contention was that, so if Wim Hof's method increases adrenaline throughout the, throughout the body, it, it's, all, it's triggering fight or flight. There's other stress chemicals being released, other stress hormones like cortisol, which is catabolic. This, how is this good? The study actually, this is the crazy thing. So a couple of things. The study showed that Wim Hof and the students, right, was, was that all those other um, hormones, all those other blood chemicals in fight or flight were not increased. Only epinephrine, only the adrenaline that he's saying you control and that shoots throughout the body that does the reset. He's, so what they found was that norepinephrine, dopamine, and cortisol levels were not increased in the training group. It appears that the techniques predominantly result in stimulation of the sympathetic input to the adrenal medulla, because <laughs> this is the most abundant source of epinephrine in the body. So this is unbelievable because it turns out that epinephrine lowers inflammation in the body. And then I realized, wait a second, asthmatics, when, when yep. you have an asthma or you get an allergic, an acute allergic response and your breathing tubes close up, that's the autoimmune system overreacting. That's right. And what do they give you? you they can give you an adrenaline shot. 
Yes. <laughs> holy, holy crap. So, I mean, you know, so the whole thing is, is just amazing. And look, we're not, we are not, let's be clear. We're not saying that, okay, um, you know, this is something that can prevent COVID. This is something that can prevent viruses. This is no, but what we do know is that this is something that can allow you to reduce inflammation in the body. And that if you, it, you know, if, for instance, in Wim Hof's case, if you get hit with an endo, you know, an endotoxin, a foreign invader that hits the body and causes an autoimmune response, he's proven that you can dampen the immune response because it even said here, right? I, I have it. It said that the effect, of, okay. It said that um, they, Wim Hof and his training group experienced lower levels of inflammation and were less affected by the fever and the nausea that usually accompanies the injection. Right, right. Look, so again, when it relates to COVID, like you said, we're not saying, COVID is a virus. Being healthy, being anything doesn't prevent the virus from getting, you, you'll get, you're going to get it. If you're going to get right. it, you're going to get it. It's what your body's doing when you get it. That's what we're talking right. about. Right. This is not a death sentence by any stretch of the imagination. It's only a death sentence if you are already so unhealthy and your immune system is already so weak that of course another foreign invader is going to overreact your immune system and then that's going to be the cause of the death okay that th this is the conversation that we're not having and i i think we there's a million different reasons why we're not having first of all it's not it doesn't help people politically to have a right. conversation like this Right. Second of all, it certainly doesn't help the pharmaceutical industry to have a conversation like this. Right. Third of all, we are now becoming too sensitive around telling the truth around unhealthiness. Okay. And now we're saying, so there's going to be, so if I say you're 40 pounds overweight, yeah, you're going to have a problem if you get the COVID virus because you are naturally going to have weak things inside of you. God forbid you say something like that. Now I'm fat shaming. Okay. Again, we're not having, we're not having the proper conversations. Okay. Nobody's shaming somebody for having a weak immune system because they're unhealthy. What we're doing is saying, but that's why you're at risk. And those are two separate conversations. That's right. The bottom yeah. line is that what, what Wim Hof has found is there is a way simply through, as you say, the mind and your breathing that you can make your immune system stronger and that you can reduce the effects of inflammation in the body, which has been shown to be a, a, a systemic trigger of disease and, and, and ahead, of distress in the body. So yeah, Irrespective of all the the flus, the viruses, the um, the the autoimmune issues that we get from all the crap food that we eat and all the the chemicals that we're touching, I mean, you'd be crazy not to want to use something that is essentially free to anyone, right? Your mind and your and and the and, and controlled breathing. You'd be crazy not to want to 
be able to strengthen yourself in such a way that at least you're, you're going to be more impervious and more equipped to live a vibrant, vital life, uh, you know, in as, um, in as healthy a way as possible. And, and we're not even talking, you know, yes, eat right, sleep right, all these other things, but something as simple as mind and the breath is powerful. So yeah, how the hell do you do it? Yeah, which exercises the physiology. Again, that's the thing, right? We eat right, we exercise, maybe even we meditate. What's missing? The exercise of the physiology. We'll talk a little bit about that in the cold as well. But here's, you know, he, I just, I just want to say one more thing about COVID, or maybe we just keep talking about it if I can. Go ahead. And I have no agenda, and I and, and I truly place no judgment on people who are scared to death to go outside and think if you don't wear a mask, your agenda is to kill people, right? There are people right now who feel that way. I'm not judging them. I don't. I don't care. Okay. Here is the fact of the matter. With these lockdowns now with the inability for people to go to work, right? With the inability for their kids to go to school, okay? Except for this craziness with the online stuff. And all of a sudden, when did sitting in front of a screen all day become okay, okay? Right. We are naturally increasing our stress levels, which is making us more susceptible <laughs> to the thing we're trying to get over. The, 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 the irony is so thick, it would be funny if it wasn't tragic. Okay, so mm. when people say, well, you can't be for lockdowns, my response goes right to this stuff. Or you can't be for not locking down, or you can't be for these closures. You can't, you have to be for them because we're saving lives. No, we're not. We are truly, we are truly taking lives right now because the stress that people are under because of this stuff is making them weaker and it will make them more susceptible to the dangers of the virus in and of itself. Okay, maybe, maybe not a popular thing to say, Maybe people are going to unfollow you now, Lawrence, because you had that jerk Errol Dobler on and he said it, but <laughs> I don't know what to say other than that's kind of it. Well, look, I'll just, I'll just read from the study right. published in one of the most respected peer-reviewed journals out there. Here's what it says. A short-term training program and practicing breathing techniques learned during this training program i.e. Wim Hof's training program, results in the release of epinephrine, induction of early anti-inflammatory IL-10 production, right. and consequently, attenuation of the pro-inflammatory innate immune response during experimental human endotoxemia, meaning from outside the body, putting a toxin in the body. Right. Also, right, also, Trained individuals experienced fewer endotoxemia-associated flu-like symptoms and a more swift normalization of fever and cortisol levels. So, so, so look, here's, here's the thing that you're not saying about that, that study. The study was first done on just Wim Hof alone. And, you know, the doctors were like, oh, my God, what just happened? But right. they dismissed it initially because they said, look, you're Wim Hof. You've done that's all right. these things. They thought so he was an outlier. You're an outlier. And that's when he said, no, no, no. I can teach anybody to do this. 
And they, you know, they said, okay, how long? And I know that they were hoping he was going to say, give me a couple years, right? And then he would go away <laughs> or get killed doing some of these crazy things. He's like, a couple days. Get, give me, give me a group that's game. I'll bring him to my place in Poland. I'll teach him for a couple days. And that's what he did. I think it was three or four days at his place in Poland, right? And it was 30 people, 18 randomly selected to go to him, okay? He, they spent a few days with him, and then they let him do it on their own for another week. They took 12 of them randomly, and then that's the control group. And then the other group, right, just the other 12. All the people, the 12 people who did not participate in the training, that week-long training, all felt the effects, right, got deathly ill for science, and all the people who did the training beat the effects or severely dampened the effects of the endotoxin. Now it's a scientific study. Now it's real because that's what happened. So again. So, so yeah. So, I mean, that, that's it. So for all the naysayers, for all the ones that, oh, this is just, you know, mumbo jumbo breathing yoga technique, you know, uh, pie in the sky, fluffy stuff there. This is proof. Positive. Yeah, the Wim Hof website has all of the studies. Wim Hof doesn't do anything anymore without a team of scientists following him. And they keep learning more and more and more, and he won't do anything. Right? And this is his thing. And he, look, Wim Hof, again, is everything you see on the TV. He says, I am not the first person to be doing this. I am the first person, however, to bring it to science. And he's right. Because now what we have is, when the scientific community starts buying in, people start paying attention. That's just the reality. Okay. That's, that's, that's fine. That's cool. Okay. What else has happened? If we want to change gears a little bit, right. Strengthening this immune system. Okay. Let's talk about the cold or, or, or you want to stay on the breath for a little while. No, no, no. What I, what I want to, what I want to do is, um, what, so you're going in the right direction because I really want to understand, okay, we've got the breath thing now. We understand why the breathing, right? We understand that. Yeah. Okay. So why not just do the breathing? Why do the cold? Why do the ice baths? What is, what is it the combination about these two things that, you know, makes this like um, so important in the Wim Hof method? Because it's not just the breathing, it's the breathing and it's the ice. Yeah. So as it relates to strengthening your immune system, okay? That's what we're gonna talk about. The other stuff is how I apply it for my leadership practice and all that other stuff is incidental to okay. really where this conversation is going. And, and that's how do we get healthier in this time, Right. okay? <clears throat> so, Where, let me let me just think of a good place to start. Um, humans are the evolutionary winners, right? We've been around thousands of years. We keep surviving, right? Nature just can't seem to get rid of us. For God's sakes, the dinosaurs right. lost, okay? <laughs> Yet here we are. And we didn't survive the ice ages and all that stuff for thousands of years because we had a secret stash of Patagonia somewhere tucked around the corner, right? No, 
our ancestors survived those extreme weather changes because their body adapted to function. That's it. It's getting cold. My body is now adapting. It's getting super hot. My body is adapting. What does that mean? It's adapting. That means your physiology, your internal is getting stronger. What happens when your internal gets stronger? Well, that's your autonomic nervous system again. Okay, so that's another way. The fact that you, when you get into the cold, expose yourself to extreme temperature changes, lots of things happen in your body, right? You know, your veins lock down, right? Vasoconstriction starts to happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all things, right? You know, you're, you get the adrenaline rush again, the whole thing. It's, a, it's an induced panic attack. What you're doing, and then you're gonna, and we'll talk about how you calm down in the water, but what you're doing is you're giving your, your immune system a workout. It's, ex it's being exercised voluntarily, internally. How else are you supposed to exercise your organs and, and your cardiovascular system in those ways for the veins to get stronger? Okay, well, you get in the cold, you expose yourself to that heat. So now, or that, that temperature difference. So now when that foreign invader enters our body, our internal is strong because we've exercised it. It doesn't overreact. Okay, it's as simple as that. It's science, but it's not rocket science. So when you get into the cold, what happens? You have an induced panic attack. Right? <gasps> right, that's what happens. Right. Breathe in, because you're all of a sudden you're in fight or flight. Your body's helping you. It's saying, "Get out of this. This is ridiculous." Right. Okay. Then you stay in, and if you're in the ice bath, you're going to get some vasoconstriction. You probably you probably won't get that in the cold shower. Um, but once again, what is that? That's a sympathetic response. That's a fight or flight response. When the blood leaves your fingertips and extremities and toes to race towards your organs to keep you alive. That's your body saying, there's a problem. You need to get out of this situation. Okay, good, all good. You're doing this voluntarily. When you get into the cold, you shiver, Ugh, right? That's good, a sympathetic response. That's there to keep you warm, okay? But if I tell you through your breath and your focus on your breath, for scientific reasons, you'll begin to calm down. Okay, breath activates something called the vagus nerve, whose one of its primary functions is to literally calm you down. So I get into the ice bath. <gasps> that happens. I recognize it. I start to shiver a little bit, but I focus on my breath. <sighs> okay, nice, easy, easy nasal breathing, focus, and all of a sudden I stop shivering. Well, you might say, but Errol, that sounds dangerous because I thought shivering was supposed to keep you warm. No, body is the most amazing machine in the world. If I stop shivering, now I go to a, um, uh, I start burning fat. What's that called? Anyway, I go to the Lipo state where li I'm burning lipolysis. fat. So I'm now burning fat to keep warm. So what do you, wait, Errol, burn fat by getting cold? That sounds pretty awesome. So my point is, I can now alleviate the symptoms of a fight or flight response because I've used my breath and my mind to calm down. Now, all of a sudden, there is no fight or flight response. And I'm staying warm um, by burning fat 
Okay. And then eventually when you start to get good at this, the veins start to open up and blood starts to flow again. So what have you done? You have voluntarily hacked your system, your autonomic nervous system, moved from a fight or flight response to a rest and digest response. And now you have alleviated your body of the inflammation. You have strengthened your immune system and that's it. So <laughs> makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. It makes complete sense. So are you doing, when you're in the ice bath, are you doing the Wim Hof method of breathing or is that done before the bath? That's done that now typically it should be done. The perfect scenario is this, you do the Wim Hof breathing. Okay. And then after you're done with that, you move to the cold exposure. Okay. Cause again, one of the things it does, it, it just sets you up nicely for it. It's not a requirement. Okay. So these are two separate things. The breathing helps reset the body and the ice bath is the workout for the immune system. It is. And I don't know. I, I don't know. And I have to look for it in the studies. It is definitely the exercise for the immune system. You are definitely going from fight or flight. If you do it correctly to rest and digest. Okay. I don't know if it serves the same function as the breathing after 20 minutes to, uh, um, rid your body of the inflammation. I, I think it does. Don't hold me to that. Okay. That's right. I mean, but, but I mean, clearly but it's certainly a hack in your system. You're still strengthening your immune system by doing it. Cause you're moving from one to the other. That's a, that's definitely true. Right. And well, clearly we know the breathing has been proven, uh, scientifically to uh, trigger epinephrine, to con take control of your autonomic nervous system, to trigger uh, epinephrine, to lower the body's inflammation response. So we know the breathing does that. Um, and then we know, I mean, that getting in an ice bath also lowers inflammation for, you know, for whatever, you know, for other reasons, ice, lowers inflammation, yeah. but, um, the actual, the, the actual, um, resetting of, of the nervous that you go through physiologically and psychologically as you're in an ice bath, that whole circle that you just described what happens, uh, and how you then go from fight or flight to rest and digest and can then sit in that, in that ice bath, um, is just, you know, again, a psychological and a physical uh, workout and experience that, you know, again, I, you know, I don't know what it is about the ice bath beyond that, that um, it should, again, if you can get an, I mean, we know that people with very high fevers have to be put in an ice bath, right? So, so that, again, we know that it's, it's, um, uh, reducing inflammation. Yeah. Um, we, th but the, the, the fact that the breathing can also get you into a state where you can then get into an ice bath and be able to overcome it and relax in it is just, you know, again, the whole thing is, here's a couple other things that are happening in the ice bath that are important to note as it relates to 
you are definitely exercising your nervous system. So your nervous system is going to get stronger if you if you go through the process of trying to relax in the ice bath. Now, if you grit your way through it, you're still going to get a lot of the physiological effects, right? You're, you're going to get some benefit. But when you can stop shivering and remain calm, that's when you start hacking your system again. Now, here's one thing that happens. When you get into an ice bath, if you want to remain calm, you have to wholly focus on one thing. And the recommendation is to focus on your breath because your breath is helping you. Now, why? Why one thing? For all my multitaskers out there, once again, science shows when you move from task to task to task to task, okay, you are activating your sympathetic nervous system. You're doing it, okay? It shows also when you have decided to focus on one thing and one thing only, put all of your heart, soul, and focus into it, you start to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Your mind calms down. And that's when you get to see things at a greater level, right? There's a reason why when your sympathetic nervous system activates and you're running away from the bear, I always make the joke, okay, here's what's not happening. You're not thinking of other things. Your mind isn't expanded, right? You're thinking, I have to run. I have to hide. Hopefully I can get away. You're not thinking, and when this is done, I'm going to go home and really experiment with my Vernet sauce as my, for my meal tonight. You're not doing that. That's not, that's not what the sympathetic system does. Okay? It doesn't calm you down. It ramps you up. So when you focus on one thing, the science tells us you naturally calm down. Okay? And when you use the breath to naturally calm down, that exhale activates, like I said earlier, this thing called the vagus nerve. Okay, and the vagus nerve serves to calm you down. So when people tell you, take a deep breath, calm down, nobody knew what that meant. They just knew it worked. But now we know science. Okay, so that's the way when you get into the ice bath, you recognize the effects of what's happening. You focus your attention on one thing, your breath. When your mind moves away to the noise of the cold, you bring it back. What a drill, what an intellectual drill to learn how to deal with the noise around you and bring your focus back to what you want it on, okay? So that's how it's working. That's how the physiological stuff is working in for you in the ice bath. So- Makes sense? So, okay, complete sense. So once again, we get back to breathing. The, mm -hmm. it's, a different, it, it's a different breathing technique in the ice bath than when you're doing the Wim Hof method, right? Yes. Um, but I guess the Wim Hof method incorporates, again, his controlled hyperventilation to induce epinephrine, then yes. the, the ice bath itself and the type of breathing you do there. And then I think there's a third component, which is meditation or consider, I forgot what he calls it. Well, he, he just calls it mindset, right? Because you've got, you've got to know in your mind that these things are happening and that you're in control of them. Okay. That's the power of the mind. Okay, if you get into an ice bath and you're not convinced you can survive, which many people are not initially, then you won't. It doesn't matter everything I'm telling you right now. You won't. It won't work for you. You'll get out and then it's over. Okay, the, the power of the mind. People are so, ask somebody to sit and meditate for five minutes. They don't, first of all, they won't know what meditation is. We can talk about that. They won't be able to do it. I, I'm not wired that way. I'm ADHD. Right. I, I've got to take medication for that. I can't. Well, that's your mind telling you that. 
If you've mm -hmm. convinced yourself of that, then you're absolutely right. That's what's happening. But when you say, okay, apparently I've got to do this meditation thing. And meditation is nothing more than an awareness of where your mind is. That's it, folks. So when you say, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to focus on one thing, my breath. When your mind moves away from your breath, which it will, you're aware of it. And you bring it back. You're meditating. It doesn't matter if your mind moves away a thousand times in a minute. If you're aware of it, you bring it back every time you're meditating. And your mind has to be able to tell you, I can sit here and do this. I, I can do this. People have a terrible time with it. Power well, of the mind. Well, based on what you said, could, you know, again, you told me this last time in the, in the last episode about the breath in the cold and with nothing more than what you said there, I was able to get into a nice cold shower after two, after two days, I was up to three minutes and I could have gone longer, but at, at, there was no point. Um, no point. but I could have stayed yeah. longer because yeah. every time the, as you call it, the noise entered my mind, I remembered what you said about bringing it back to the breath and that, that was it. It enabled me to do it. So we, we keep coming back to the breath. We keep coming yep. back to the breath. So what I'd like to do before we wrap up is, so again, the, the, the breathing in deeply, as you said, to activate the, the vagus nerve by breathing in and then breathing out, in and out, in the ice bath to focus yep. the mind, boom. That's, that, that's a very simple breathing technique. Right. And again, to reiterate, in the ice bath, gentle nasal breathing, gentle nasal breathing in the ice bath, not the aggressive Wim Hof breathing, which I think we're about right. to demonstrate. And that, so that's, yeah, that's what I want to make a point of saying. So there's, there's that breathing, which is a very simple breathing technique, which really doesn't take much study at all. It's okay. That's right. what you do. And you go do it. Then there's the Wim Hof you know, controlled hyperventilation to release epinephrine breathing method. So before we wrap up, can you give us an example? Can you show us what, what is it? You know, yeah. what is that breathing technique? Okay. You don't so have to do the whole thing. Obviously it's a 20 minute thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll, we'll give a little thing here. So here's what we're going to do. Um, first of all, are you sitting in a chair with a back? Yes. Okay, good. So we're safe. So I'm going to describe the breathing to you. I'm going to put you through about 10 breaths. Okay. okay? And then we're going to, you're going to hold your breath. We're going to see how long you're going to hold your breath for. But while you're holding your breath, I just want you to focus on, because you're not, you can't focus on your breath because you're going to be not breathing. Focus on that mind's eye, focus on the darkness, focus on one thing and we'll see how it goes. But here's what it looks like, right? It is a deep, aggressive breath. Now they don't like you to say aggressive because people get bent out of shape about that term, but that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> this is work. It's not a relaxing breath. This is not meant to relax you. This is meant to work you. So you start from the belly and you follow, you take a right deeply in and you want to expand your rib cage. You want to expand your chest cavity. You want the breath to come up through your throat into your head as much as you can. Bring the air in. So when you get it here, though, then you just let it go. It just falls out of your mouth. You don't blow it out, right? And you don't 
puff it out. You just naturally let it flow out. And then it's a circular breathing. Then you bring it back around, deeply in, let it go. Belly, chest, head, let it go. Bring it back around, okay? okay. Wim Hof says, I don't care what hole you bring the air in through, just bring it in, okay? So for the purposes of this, when you breathe in through your mouth, you get a much stronger response. So for, for when we do this quick demonstration, Breathe in through the mouth and the nose, okay. okay? As you get good at this, you experiment. The instructors, the Wim Hof instructors are so good now. They're so good on the science. They'll make a joke every now and then and say, look, Wim Hof is not always the best person to teach you the Wim Hof method. <laughs> because right? Because he says things like, just find a hole and breathe. Don't worry about it. Ultimately, that, that raw energy is what, what we're after. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is, I'm going to cue you deeply in, let it go. When I just, you can follow my cues exactly or just use me as a general guide, but it's going to be this. Okay. And we'll get you, we'll put you through about 10 of those breaths. On the last breath, I'll start to count down and three, let it go. And two, let it go. Deeply in, let it go. Hold your breath on the exhale, okay? So on that final breath, when I catch you down, let it go, hold your breath on the exhale, just hold your breath for as long as you can. I'm gonna time you, we'll see what it looks like. And that's will be the example. After the exhale or instead of the exhale? After the exhale, deeply in, okay. let it go, hold your breath. Okay, you ready? Okay. Yep. Okay, beginning now, deeply in. Let it go. 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 And three. Deeply in. Let it go. Two, deeply in. Let it go. And finally, deeply in. Let it go and hold your breath on the exhale. Now during this, and just give me the high sign when you breathe. During this time, you focus on one thing, your mind's eye, right? That third eye that actually exists, the pineal gland is really what it's called. It's one thing to focus on and relax yourself because just like the ice bath, this is not an ego exercise. This is kind of an exercise to see where your stress level is. You know, the, the, the length of the breath hold while it's, while it's helping you exercise your um, cardiovascular, your uh, autonomic nervous system. Okay, good, right? So a quick 40, 40 second breath hold Okay. on the exhale after a couple breaths. People can't hold their breath for 40 seconds generally, right? Like, let me hold my breath. And like 20 seconds later, they're freaked out. You just did it for 40 seconds. We did another round. You would held that round. If we did a true round of 30 breaths, you'd, you'd hold it for a minute easy. I've held my breath for six and a half minutes based on this, okay? Now, 
six and a half minutes. Yeah. Now that's not the goal. Once again, the goal is not ego, but it's what I found is it's a, and Wim Hof says that about, if you can hold your breath for three minutes, that's when you've truly reset your nervous system. That's not okay. the only measure of it. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if he's even accurate. That might be one of those things like Wim Hof is not the best Wim Hof teacher, but here's what I do know because the breath holds will, will vary. I, I've stopped timing my breath holds because I, I just don't need to anymore. Okay. But early on, you know, you do it because you're, you're curious and you want to see what's happening. And what I found was the breath holds vary and it was a true indicator of my stress level. Okay. So if I was doing a breathing technique and I was only holding my breath for 45 seconds, a minute, I was like, I need to stay. Complete relaxed state, right? You're not, your heart's not pumping faster. It's slowing down. You can hold your breath longer. So from that standpoint, it's a good indicator of maybe where your stress level is relative to what you've done over a period of time. So that's the example. That's the, that's the breathing. So um, phenomenal. Now, one last question. And then I want to ask you about, because I, th I think you may have a seminar coming up. So I want to ask you about that. But one last thing, you look, you're a Navy SEAL. Um, you were plunging into, you know, the cold water at night before ever knowing about the Wim Hof method. Yep. Okay. Uh, and you were having to go underwater and I mean, hell, they, they, you know, I know part of, uh, the training after buds is when they dunk you in the pool and they're pulling your gear, they're pulling your respirator out, your breather right? Come, coming out to get, and you, you panic. And that, that even people that pass uh, buds end up washing out when they do that after, after hell week and you're under the pool where they're, where they're pulling out the, the breathing apparatus. So you've gone through all of that and having to hold your breath underwater and not panic about it, but without Wim Hof. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, Wim Hof, I, I guess the question I have is, would, Wim, would the Wim Hof method have helped you as a Navy SEAL in your training and in your exercises in the water? Yeah, and Wim actually went out and worked with uh, some Navy SEALs to introduce this to them. And the answer is yes, it would. And here's why. Knowledge is power. If you understand that when you relax in a stressful situation, you're going to be able to hold your breath longer. Well, then that's what you'll do, right? right? That will be your response to it. When you understand that the cold can be survived, now look, nature always wins. Let's just be clear about that. Nature right. always wins. But when you understand that if you're sitting in the cold and you don't have to go, ah, to get through it, you can really just breathe and really just be calm in it, of course that would make things easier, okay? But here's the beauty of what happened. And this is what Wim is saying, we have lost our inner self. And this is why, this is why going through buds and being a seal is, is, is unique and special because we learned to adapt to function without even realizing what we were doing, these teachings of Wim Hof. 
right? We knew, I knew inherently on that 50 meter underwater swim that if I tighten up, right? If I'm stressed out under the water, I'm going to be, my heart's going to be beating faster and I'm going to burn oxygen. I'm not going to stay under longer. So you just relax, right? You don't really know a whole lot else, but you just, you kind of do that. And you know, when you're in the cold, right? When they're doing surf torture for you, or if you're in a real operation and you're in freezing cold water, you know that if you allow the noise of the cold to affect you, you're not going to be operating at your optimum level. So you focus your attention on the here and now and the present. Guys quit in SEAL training when they're in the cold because all they're thinking about is something other than relax. They're thinking about how long am I going to have to stay in here? I don't know how much longer I can make it. If they make us do this again later, I can't do it. I quit. That's what happens. If they just knew the technique of use your mind, use your breath, focus on one thing, you'll be fine. Relax. That will calm you down. They wouldn't quit. So that's kind of the, so yes, it would help because the knowledge is power, but the really fun thing now about looking back on that experience and knowing what I know now as a Wim Hof method instructor and fanatic is it really would have made it easier. (laughs) You know, some people are still going to quit, but for me, it would have made it easier, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see this, I could see the Wim Hof method being extremely useful to uh, the special operations community, especially Navy SEALs. But uh, so interesting to hear that Wim Hof actually worked with some with some SEALs as yeah. well. Yeah, he went out there. He went out there. It's, uh, you know, I shouldn't be surprised. Um, so right. you have, do you, you have a seminar coming up? Yeah, we do. So what I've got is I've, I've opened up now the, the, the retreats that I just use for clients. We're opening up to the public. I'm calling them the forums. So okay. in January, January 18th to the 20th will be forum 0121. Um, and that's going to be held here in New Jersey. You can go to my website. And what we do is it's a leadership forum. Okay. Okay. But we, we um, employ these Wim Hof methods that we talked about, right. To practice the leadership things. So that's in January. I'm also putting together an advanced Wim Hof retreat uh, in February where, where it's just 100% Wim Hof. And we will go through more advanced breathing techniques. We'll talk more about science. We'll do the walk in the, you know, hopefully it's nice and cold in February here. So we'll be in shorts. We'll walk (laughs) up a mountain. It's not Mount Kitschka like, you know, Wim Hof does, but, you know, so that'll be a, a, you know, Saturday to Sunday event, an overnight event. And details of that will be coming out. So we've got a couple of open things coming up. And then I've got the, you know, the basics uh, Wim Hof method, um, seminars I put on pretty regularly. So, you, you know, you can go to my website and find out when they're being on. And I do those all over the country. So we've got one in February in not Cleveland, but a, a, a town close to Cle- maybe Toledo, something like that. But anyway, I've got one in Ohio in February, and then we're going to find a couple more. I think I'm going to have one in Boston in February or March, and we'll have a couple in New Jersey in that time frame as well. You know, it's, it, you know, you think about it, I guess you won't be moving to Florida anytime soon because, you know, I like the warm as much as anybody, but I kind of now need the cold, you know, it, it, we haven't even gone through my personal journey. You got to have me on again. <laughs> that's a whole, hopefully- <laughs> that will make that, that's the triumvirate. That's right. That, that's yeah, the, I guess, uh, but you know, look, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm teasing. But uh, there's just still so much more. We've just scratched the surface to the I can imagine. method. How to apply it to your day to day. If I can, one quick thing. And, and mm -hmm. I, I know you're like, come on, Errol, we got to get rid of you. But think of it this way. When we get into the cold, the cold, the cold is just a sensation. Right? It's just a thing. It doesn't have an agenda. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're the ones who assign the emotion to the cold. Oh, I can't get into an ice bath. I hate the cold more than anybody in the whole world. That's the worst thing in the world. The, the cold didn't do that to you. You did that to you. Imagine changing your relationship with the cold, right? Assigning a new emotion to it and then being able to be very at home and at peace with it. And then imagine using that same skill in every other aspect of your life. When you get into the car and there's a traffic jam, the traffic jam is just a thing. You're the one who assigns the emotion to it. When you get to that coworker, the boss who makes you crazy, well, they're just people who do things. You're the one who assigns the emotion to it. How about that ability to assign emotion to something? And we learn to do that through the cold. I will close with that. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah. So, you know, the, so now I guess we'll have to do another episode where we bring, because we've done the leadership episode, we've done the breathing cold exposure episode. Now we need to bring together how does the, the breathing and the cold exposure help you in life and with leadership, yep. right? Yep. And, and then, you, then you have the, the full spectrum of what all of this that's means. Right. So, all right, that's it. We'll have to have another episode, Errol. So, you know, get ready for it. <laughs> we'll, fig we'll figure out when we do that one. But, you know, when you, when you put up these, um, these seminars, you know, uh, shout them out on LinkedIn. I'll, you know, I'll share them. Let's get it out there. Um, thanks so much for doing the show again. This, this one was so fascinating, informative, as you said, you know, we, we only scratched the surface. I, you know, I've got like another, like 10 questions we'd even get to, but the yeah. point is this, this is powerful stuff. Once yep. again, just like your leadership book, it's usable and it makes a difference in your life and apparently in business. So where can our, where can our audience find you? Leader193.com. Uh, I'm Leader193.com is my website, at Leader193 for Instagram and Facebook. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I think I'm, I'm Errol Dobler on LinkedIn. Leader193 has a separate site. Uh, but yeah, that's where you find me. Yep. Great stuff. Uh, I implore everyone to get your book. The book is amazing. Uh, and again, the information you shared with us today, powerful stuff. Uh, you know, the, you know, the next, the next move is, uh, putting out a bucket of ice water, letting it freeze over and then cracking it and diving in. That's, that's the next level. We'll see about that, but thanks so much. Al. great having you on the show. Thank you, Lawrence. I appreciate it. All right. Take care.